Welcome to The Reload, where we help unconventional leaders craft the life they truly want by questioning the assumptions they have about how life works. My name is Sean, and I'll be your host on this journey. As a performance coach and special operations combat veteran, I help high-performing executives kick ass in their careers while connecting with deeply powerful insights that fuel their lives. All right. This is being recorded on the Memorial Day holiday celebrated in the United States of America, uh, the year 2023, <laughs> depending on when you're listening to this. But unlike so many other times when I have sort of batch recorded episodes in order to be as efficient with my time as I can be while still putting out this content, I thought it would be good for me to share a couple of reflections that have come along with this year's Memorial Day. Now, for many in the United States of America, and if you are one of my listeners from overseas, hopefully you'll be able to draw some parallels, perhaps, to your own life. And if not, maybe this is a, either a good episode to skip, or you know you can find some interesting tidbit, tidbits along the way. But either way, in the United States of America... For many, not all, certainly, but for many, Memorial Day has turned into an opportunity to have an extra day off of work, no problems there, obviously, to be able to celebrate with friends and family, like having barbecues, because typically the weather is warmer and, you know, we're sort of on the cusp of summertime. And so there's oftentimes a lot of, oh, I don't know frivolity and joy and levity that coincides this day. And there was a time when I was sort of deep in the recesses of my PTSD from my combat deployments to Iraq, where I had a pretty big chip on my shoulder about those individuals who were treating this holiday as just a day to, you know, have a day off of work <laughs> and kind of an attitude about it. Uh, and that attitude is something that was shared by a number of my teammates who had also been with me in Iraq and other friends of mine that had deployed to other combat theaters. And the reason that we had a bit of an attitude about this, and probably some still do, is so many people have lost sight and, and lost a grip on what this holiday is really about. Now, in the United States of America, I would be so bold as to say that with every passing decade, life inside the United States has generally gotten safer. We are generally more and more disconnected from the life and death cycle. In some of our bigger cities, children don't actually recognize that the hamburger meat in the grocery store comes from an actual cow. And there are other such stories about how disconnected we are from the entire cycle of life, including the side that involves death, right? So there's a, I think, a growing, mm, what do I want to say about it without 
being too offensive to all parties. I don't know. There's a, there's a growing superficiality where we don't recognize the the other side of that coin. And a few episodes back, I don't remember which one it was, but I was talking about how Tibetan monks, Tibetan Buddhist monks, have a couple, at least that I know of, they may have more, but a couple of the ceremonies that I am aware of when it comes to death involve really sort of intimately studying the dead body. And in one, they they sit next to it and meditate next to it day after day after day as the body decomposes and it's sort of sitting on this like open air pyre, basically, except they haven't lit it on fire. And, or platform, I guess might be a better way of saying it. And as the body decomposes and goes through its natural decomposition process, they look at it and they, they meditate on it and they reflect on, hmm, yeah, this is, this one day will be me and somebody else Perhaps somebody I don't even know, a young monk who is early in his or her training, or maybe somebody I care about, is going to be looking down on my dead body and contemplating on the cycle that we are all, uh, whether we want it or not, (laughs) engaged in. And then the other ceremony is a little bit more graphic, and I don't know that it necessarily gives us any deeper insight into the practices, but this idea of making yourself familiar with death. And I don't, I don't mean necessarily in uh, like violent death, but we have in the United States, we have distanced ourselves so much from death that I think it is really increasing our fear of something that is very natural And that in some ways can also be very peace-bringing. I don't know what country you are listening from or what part of the world you're listening from, but at least in this country, we have reached a place in many towns and many cities where we are attempting to preserve being alive at all costs, no matter what it might take away from the quality of that life. It's almost as though we're saying, well, you know, as as long as they're still breathing, then good to go. Now, I'm exaggerating because there are certainly individuals out there and and organizations out there that do have a, a greater perspective for quality of life. And, you know, when is it humane to actually perhaps end your life earlier than what modern medicine can drag out of you? in order for that person to be out of pain or to um, maintain a certain element of dignity around themselves, you know, for individuals that have lost their mental capacity and they're just not in, not necessarily in a vegetative state, but they are completely disconnected from, from this world. And it's really just their, their, their shell that is still, you know, heart beating, lungs breathing, things like that, but that there's no actual, vitality inside of them anymore. So to kind of weave this thing back into Memorial Day, 
we've largely separated ourselves from death at large. And then on top of it, and the reason again that so many of my friends and teammates really sort of have a chip on their shoulder about the way that Memorial Day gets celebrated is that this is really a day to remember the fallen. And for many of my friends, including myself, we have a number of fallen in our life. And to reflect on them, <laughs> I promise this episode is not just going to be filled with uh, gripes, uh, promise. To reflect on these individuals that have fallen, there are whole stories and families wrapped up into these memories. And for years, approximately 16, if you're curious, and for friends of mine, it's, they're probably going to hold on to it even longer than I did. It was a real source of pain and suffering. And oftentimes that pain and suffering was tied to memories of combat operations. Operations where those friends died. And various other, you know, quote-unquote bad things that happen in combat. Most of the combatants that I knew were not thrilled about being at war. It's a tricky line that I'm trying to thread here or walk here because on the one hand, especially in a special operations group, you have highly trained very motivated individuals who want to do a good job with the job they have. And the perspective from which they come is not so much, ooh, wow, so amazing that I get, that I get to go out there and you know kill other humans. More they come from a perspective of, wow, it, I really get to defend my people. Now, of course, there, there, are, there are exceptions to everything, right? So there are probably individuals out there, and I would be lying if I said I didn't know one or two of them, who, I don't know, they, they had something going on inside of them that the prospect of going to war to you know, kill the enemy was very intoxicating for them. But most of my friends, most of my fellow operators, they wanted to be very technically and tactically proficient they wanted to defend their friends and you know, comrades in arms. They wanted their friends' families to be able to hug their loved one upon returning from deployment. So it wasn't so much a motivation to go kill the enemy. They did want to do a good job, which tacitly involves killing the enemy. Although many combatants actually don't kill anybody. They're in combat operations, and they may even shoot their weapon but quite frequently, it's such a chaotic environment that you don't know. <laughs> and in many cases, you actually have very plausible, not proof, but um, data that would suggest that you were nowhere close. You know, a lot of times when I got shot at, it was from hundreds of meters away. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, bullets are cracking past my head. And it was certainly a stressful time. But you're not necessarily staring each other, you know, eyeball to eyeball, 
Although, of course, <laughs> there are circumstances when you are doing sort of house-to-house room clearing, as, as they, the term goes, in which case, yes, you are staring at the person across the other, you know, across the living room, and they're shooting at you, and you're shooting at them, and it's, yeah, and that's that's when you generally know, like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, took that, that person out. But this idea that the fallen and this concept of Memorial Day they mean something. And it's not a platitude. They mean something because you know their families. Because you have... Because you have listened to those families as they have come completely apart when you tell them that their son or their brother or their husband or their daughter, mother, sister is coming home in a box. Now, of course, we don't really tell them those exact words, but you tell them that their person is not there anymore. So for those of us who have experienced the violent death of our friends in combat, in service to one's nation. Now, (laughs) do I have a belief that the United States of America has fought nothing but righteous and just wars? No, I don't. And for those of my international listeners, I'm sure that Some of you are probably thinking, yeah, well, then you get what you deserve. And if that's your opinion, hey, (laughs) you're welcome to it. Because I do, I I recognize, I mean, I grew up overseas and I recognize that the United States of America has done a number of things that are not exactly American. That as a power structure, the United States of America has executed certain foreign policy maneuvers or strategies that are manipulative and that do not come with a very strong or very defensible ethical base other than the protection of American interests. But what I hope regardless of your politics and regardless of what country you're living in, my hope is that there is something inside of you that can empathize with losing a friend and the response that that friend's family might have upon learning that their person is gone. Now, the reason I wanted to start with that particular framing is because it's necessary to tee that up in order to get to the main thrust of today's episode. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and reflecting on the fact that despite having these memories, despite having these stories of listening to and seeing my friend's families collapse and be utterly devastated when they hear the news Or, 
in some cases, I didn't make it back until months later or weeks later. And then to see it open up again, fresh, when they put their eyes on me, because I reminded them of their person. The reason I'm teeing that up is because this conversation that I had with this friend of mine, I was able to reflect on the fact that even though I have those memories, Memorial Day is no longer a day of suffering for me. And the reason I thought that this topic might be useful to discuss with you is because regardless of whether you have a military background or not, regardless of whether you've lost a friend to violence or not, we have all lost something, someone, something that we really deeply care about. And so Memorial Day has sort of this two-pronged representation for me. The one is most obvious, to remember, to memorialize that which we have lost. And the second is that element of suffering. And how so frequently we turn a day of remembrance into a day of suffering when we don't have to. Now, if you're in a place like I was for so many years, where you feel compelled to suffer, you feel like you have good reasons to suffer, that you deserve to suffer, these were all things that went through my head. I should have protected him, should have been there, should have seen it, should have been me instead. These narrative pieces And if that's where you're at, okay. But maybe this episode can serve as I don't know, maybe just a a beacon, perhaps, to let you know that a day of remembrance does not have to be a day of suffering. And when we work through and process the narratives that we have, and we begin to really, truly allow ourselves to let go of guilt, shame, things that tie us back to that day when it happened. And when we can really, truly forgive ourselves for the things we think we should have done but didn't, or the things we think we should have seen but didn't, then we get to a place of freedom. We get to a place where we can really begin to honor that first prong, to remember the amazing things about the person that was in our life. And perhaps more deeply, to allow ourselves to tap into a profound sense of gratitude and gratefulness that that person was in our life for any period of time whatsoever. When I think about the friends of mine who have been killed in combat, (laughs) 
they're so they're so inspiring to me whether it's their sense of humor or their ingenuity or their loyalty their bravery I am a much better person for having known them and having felt their example in my life. And they were by no means perfect people. Some of the examples were things of what not to do. <laughs> but even with that, I'm grateful. Grateful that I was able to learn from them on both sides of the coin, as it were. And that is a very human thing. And I think sometimes, you know, frequently in the coaching that I do, grief or grief work is part of the process. Because loss is everywhere, but so is gain. And in this, this process of losing something, how do we keep our eyes open? And again, I'm not saying to shortcut or shortchange the grieving process. You go through it as fully as you absolutely need to. And if you need to have a total come apart in order to get closure and to, to process things, then you you fire it up. Hopefully do it in a you know safe environment. But then how do we allow ourselves to see to see things that that person or those people imparted upon us without ever knowing what they were doing and also largely without us being conscious of the fact that we were being gifted something amazing Oftentimes, we don't fully appreciate something until it is gone. And then we can use that lesson that we have learned oh so painfully in one instance to not repeat in the second instance. I am still not as good as I would like to be in sharing my feelings for people. There's still a part of me that holds back. There's still a part of me that just doesn't say, hey, you know, you really mean a lot to me. And here specifically is what I mean by that. And I could call it shyness or I could call it fear, fear of being too vulnerable, fear that, oh, maybe this will make things awkward for us. Maybe we're not really at that level of communication. But I can tell you, I am way better at it now, having lost friends of mine where I never said anything. Or never said anything about how inventive that person was. And how I was so amazed at how their mind worked. And truly so different from my own. Stunned at the things that they could come up with <laughs> just
literally like on the fly. So to me, that is a powerful learning experience and one that I have benefited from and those in my life have benefited from as well because it caused me to open my mouth and express my appreciation. Even though I know that I still have work to work to do and room to grow in that area. So in recap, ultimately, I hope that whatever day of remembrance that you have, whether it's a formal holiday or it's simply an anniversary date, that you are able to access it without suffering and that you are instead able to fully hold your person or people in your mind's eye and in your heart and in your soul and to remember the goodness that came from them and to remember and to really truly see the impact that they have had on how you relate to the ones that are still around. So I think that does it for today. I hope you got something out of this. And if you did, and you think it's a fair exchange, go ahead and hit that like button or subscribe or follow or whatever the hell we're doing these days on the internet. But more importantly, share it with somebody that you care about. Even if it's just a conversation starter. Until next time, take care of each other.